OWC Radio number eight. This is Other World Computing Podcast, OWC number eight. I am Tim Robertson, and I'm joined by Kevin Whoops today. Hello, Kevin. Howdy, sir. You know, usually on this podcast, I start off with what's going on in the Mac world, but Kevin, let's be honest, there's nothing going on today. Today being Tuesday, and mm-hmm. tomorrow being the big announcement from Apple, what, what, what news is out there right now? <laughs> I was going to say, nobody's talking about anything but tablets. Ah, tablets, tablets, and the iPad, or whatever it's going to be called. I guess mm-hmm. we'll know pretty much this time tomorrow what all the hubbub is about, whether our life is going to change, whether the heavens part and we hear the angels sing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just want it to be over with at this point. Yeah, me too. It's There's been a lot of talk about this thing forever. I remember before the iPhone came out, it was the talk of the Jesus phone and what's coming out. and. And I've kind of dubbed the tablet as the unicorn tablet because it's just this mythical being that we have no idea if it really exists, but we all kind of hope it does. Yep, I've been with you. I, I'm. Who knows at this point? But I guess we'll find out real soon. I wanted to have you on the show because, quite honestly, uh, I've never met you before. We've never communicated. And I found you through Apple Gazette, and uh, I found that through Mac Surfer. So uh-huh. anybody out there who who's looking for a website that's going to find <clears> – <throat> A lot of other Mac content. Check out Mac Surfer, and that's how I found Apple Gazette. So, mm-hmm. how long have you been writing for Apple Gazette? Uh, since October, I believe. Is this your first Apple writing gig? No, I um, I've, I've done some other stuff, not specifically for Apple, but I wrote for a bunch of different magazines. And I, being such an Apple fan, I uh, tend to bring that into it. So, when I was working with Six Degrees Magazine, for example. I had one month where I did stuff all about iPhone accessories and uh, and and that kind of thing. What's it like uh, when you say you've written a lot of other stuff? Is it tech related or is it because I know for a fact that uh, just a little bit of Google hunting, I found out that you're a photographer. Yes, sir. So I take it you do a lot of photography writing as well. I do. Um, I, I I do a lot of automotive stuff mostly, uh, and that's kind of how I got into photography and into writing. So. Uh, I kind of I kind of write about whatever I can really. Most of the time it's cars, and then it's apples, and then it's everything else I can work in. <laughs> so let's talk about photography for a little bit. What kind of gear do you use? Uh, I have a Canon 40D, Ooh. and uh, I have a 28 to 135 lens, and a 15 to or I'm sorry, an 18 to 55. Um, I've been shooting with Canon stuff for about six years now. I'd say I started off with a Nikon film camera. And it was great, but it was really expensive, um, mostly because at the time, all the magazine stuff I was doing required, required me to shoot and turn it in on slides, which meant it was more expensive for me to turn it in in general. So I had to get it all produced and then, and then printed and then go through all the photos. It was very time consuming. And at the time, digital cameras were so expensive for an SLR. And I didn't have much invested into my Nikon. I think I had a flash and, and the camera. And the camera. So this was must in. have been about ten years ago. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Probably. Gosh, I'm so old. Um, yeah, it probably <laughs> was at this point. But you know, at the time, Nikon didn't really have a good SLR camera that wasn't 
too ridiculous. And the Digital Rebel had just come out, uh, the first Canon one. So I'm not sure what year that was, but I remember looking at it and saying, okay, that's the one I'm going to buy after talking to some editors about it. So I picked it up, and a couple months later, uh, or a couple years later, I had my first cover with it, and then... Ooh, what uh, was that? Uh, cover of Sport Truck Magazine. It was a uh, Silverado SS that was doing a big burnout, and I was on top of a forklift. Boy, that was fun. <laughs> I can um, imagine. <laughs> um, but we, uh, we, we did this big shoot, shoot with that, and then I stepped up to the 40D about a year ago. I got it. I was having, having problems with the Digital Rebel, finally, after all that time. So I decided to plunk down for the 40D, and I got it right as the 50D was coming out, so I got a good deal on it. And uh, really, I, I, I would have liked the 50D, but it was also more difficult to find at the time, and I was hearing reviews that the, the video was causing image problems with the images. Turns out that's unfounded, but at the time I said, okay, forget it, I'll just go with the 40D. And plus, at the end of the run of the 40D, you know they probably corrected any problems that they had in manufacturing, too. Yeah, exactly. So, and I, and I know it's a good camera. I've I've had a couple little problems with the shutter sticking, but it's never. I don't do a lot of action stuff, so it's never really been a, a huge problem. And you it just only happens. smack it on the side a few times. <laughs> I, no, I, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it it's been pretty good. I mean, I used it at Barrett Jackson this weekend, and uh, I used it. Um, you know, I've never really. It, it's been a good camera for me so far. How'd you get into photography in the first place? Well, I got into it through writing, uh, which is the weirdest way to... That's kind of backwards, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really is. Well, I, I started writing because I was a custom car builder, and I had built this custom car. Uh, it was a Honda Civic back in uh, 99, 98, and I got approached by an editor to uh, shoot it for a magazine, and uh, they shot the car, and they were saying it was going to get cover and all this kind of stuff. And the guy sent me a tech sheet. Now, in in the automotive world, a tech sheet is just it's a you know five to six page document with every little detail about your car. You know what's in the stereo, what's in the interior, what's in the suspension, all that kind of stuff. Well, the guy, the editor I was dealing with, was uh, used to car stereo magazines, so he handed me this tech sheet that was only about car stereo stuff. And I said, okay, well, I'm just going to write this myself. So I did. He liked it so much, he used it, and then he hired me, and he started using me for freelance work. Well, he just would divvy out things to me, and a couple years later, after working with other editors and other times, I realized that not everybody likes to just divvy out work to you. It's best if you can bring it to them. So I figured if I started shooting stuff myself that it would be easier. My dad was an amateur photographer, so it was kind of a, a no-brainer, and I, I borrowed his Nikon and and that's kind of how it how it started off. So ever since then, uh, I've just been been practicing more and more and getting better and better and, and doing what I could. I just, while you were talking, I did a Google search, Google image search of uh, Honda Civic Kevin Whips. Now, I, I don't think it really came up with the one that you were talking about. But, Is it green or white? Uh, well, there's just a ton of cars here, and a lot of them are trucks. Uh -huh. So you know how Google image works. It's, it's not always very specific on exactly what you're looking for. But uh, I do see uh, uh, Lowrider. No, that's not a Honda Civic. Just, uh, just some amazing photography done here. Um, why cars, though? I mean, how did that come about? Well, it's for me. My, I've I've always kind of had an obsessive personality. It's it's just one of those unfortunate things about me. And when I was a kid, it started with 
you know, GI Joes and Transformers, and then it and and it was Legos. And what I found, or what I found recently, is that my my hobbies tend to completely stop and then completely start. So I sold all my Legos to get my first comic book collection going, <laughs> and then I sold all my comic books to get my first set of wheels for my car. And really, with cars. You know, I mean, everybody when they're 16, I, I think everybody's got a certain obsession with cars because it's that 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 freedom, absolutely, you know, that 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 you get. And I I just I got this car. My parents, I asked for a Honda Civic, um, and you know, it's a really nice thing that your parents can buy you a car. And you know, it's definitely a, a positive thing. And I don't want to sound ungrateful, but I asked for a Honda Civic, and my father went out and bought me an 88 Daihatsu charade because it looks <laughs> just like a Honda Civic. Yeah, of course it did. <laughs> right. Um, well, it, did, it it also broke down a lot. <laughs> a lot more, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a reason it's not imported into the U.S. anymore. <laughs> but the um, the thing is is that I, I started getting into it and working on the stereo, and I kind of realized that working with cars was just like big Legos. It was taking things apart and putting them back together, and I really enjoyed the mechanical aspect of that. I really enjoyed getting inside the guts of a computer for the same reason. You know, it's it's I'm I'm working with my hands. I'm making something happen out of out of little parts. So with cars, it's just been that evolution. And and you know, I don't do a lot of engine work, but a lot of suspension stuff I find fascinating. I love welding and fabricating and cutting and and all that kind of stuff. I mean, a good time for me is is you know, eight hours out in the garage working on stuff. Really? So, yeah. I, I mean, I, up until recently I had a lot of projects going, I, we sold a bunch recently, but, uh, you know, right now, you know, 20 feet from where I am, I have my 95 Silverado, which I'm welding up the door handles on. And then we're going to start on, uh, some, some other body modifications to it. And then I'm looking for another truck that I can buy. I mean, it's, you know, it's an ongoing thing. Sounds amazing. Uh, I was reading on your um, Whips Industries Facebook thing mm -hmm. uh, something about Eddie Van Halen's car. What was that? Well, Street Trucks Magazine is one of the magazines I write a lot for, and they assigned me to go to uh, Barrett Jackson this year. And what I, I was covering it for two different magazines, both of them owned by the people who own Street Trucks, and they. It, let me back up for a sec. About 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, uh, Eddie Van Halen worked together with Boyd Coddington and with Chip Foose, who was working at Boyd Coddington shop at the time. Is it sad that I know who both those people are? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, he, they, they were working together, and Eddie Van Halen came to them and said, I want you to build me a truck that will represent Van Halen and will you know, be one of these cool little things. So they put together this 92 Silverado and it, and it was, you know, it was red and it had custom cut billet wheels and, you know, it was just a standard cab short bed, but then they put an LT1 uh, Corvette engine in it and a Corvette rear suspension and all sorts of things like that. Well, back then in 92, 93, that was, that was the hot ticket. So they, uh, it was on the cover of sport truck magazine, I want to say, and it was featured in a bunch of publications. Well, the car just, or the truck just sat and it sat for a long time. And they, they recently decided to put it back together. And when they did, they put it back who, together. Who was yeah. they? Well, it was Dwayne from – he was on that American Hot Rod show, uh, Dwayne, the really annoying um, uh, shop manager. Oh, okay, yes. He started a new shop. I was going to say, because I know it wasn't Boyd. No, because Boyd passed away last year. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, Dwayne, and then he got together with Burt Carlson, who used to have his own shop, but then also worked at Boyd's shop for a while with Dwayne. And they started a new shop, which I don't remember offhand what it's called. I want to say it's like American Hot Rod or something like that. But they got together and uh, worked with Eddie to restore this thing, and then they decided to put it up for sale at Barrett-Jackson. So I went out there on Saturday, and I had to chase it down, and it was it was a little bit of a process, but I did end up on stage shooting it, and then I was just in front of the stage, and uh, I did Tebow it, and I am on I am on camera for a little bit there. Uh, if, if you look for a uh, husky bald guy uh, with, <laughs> with a backpack on his back, Taking pictures, that's me. A husky but, bald guy at a car auction? Yes, I know. It sounds like Boy, a, you're uh, gonna stick out like a sore thumb there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for the if it wasn't for the, the almost neon blue shirt, I'd agree with you. But uh <laughs> yeah, you know, I took pictures of it. It didn't go for as much as I thought it would. It went it, it ended up going for thirty nine thousand, but it was still a neat experience being at Barrett Jackson and, and being on stage and, and doing the show. That's amazing. So you get into photography, you get into writing how does mm-hmm. that lead you to writing about Apple products and the Macintosh? Well, I've, you know, for me, I've always been kind of a closet Apple guy. Like, I always loved the concept. But, you know, the last time I had realistically used an Apple computer was, was in high school on an Apple II or whatever it was at the time. Maybe it was an original Macintosh. And using the paint program. I mean, that's honestly the last time I remembered using it. So I didn't have a lot of experience with OS X and I knew, you know, the Apple stores were really cool and modern looking and stuff. And there was one, and uh, I live in Phoenix, and for the longest time there was one Apple store at the Biltmore Mall, and I never understood why. But um, I think it was around 2001, 2002, somewhere in there, and I was looking around. Uh, I was looking around at MP3 players. A friend of mine had a Sansa, you know, I had somebody else who had, uh, I don't know, whatever else it was at the time. And I was trying to figure out what exactly I wanted to do, and it literally took me three years to make a decision on whether or not to buy an iPod. So, so you buy, jumped right in, huh? <laughs> I, I, I'm horrible with things like that. Sometimes I just take too long. And I finally bought one. It was an iPod photo, uh, 40 gig, and I downloaded all my stuff onto my computer, onto my gateway PC. And I loved I loved iTunes, and I loved the, the iPod, and you know, everything was great about it for me. I thought it was a really great ecosystem, and I thought that everything worked really well. Well, as my photography progressed, um, apologize for the dog in the background. Um, as, as my photography progressed, I realized that I was having, I was having issues uploading stuff online uh, onto, my, onto the FTP sites that a lot of my editors deal with, as well as with, uh, as well as with uh, just uploading stuff to my computer in general. It was complicated, and it, it just wasn't plug-and-play. Uh, so I had heard that Macs were great for, for using with, you know, for using with, with photographers and, and stuff, and I kind of played around with it. Once again, it took a while to kind of make a decision, and then Apple came out with the Intel chip, and I said, oh, well, this is great. It, it also integrates. I can use Windows on it now, so I'm just going to make this jump. So I think it was 2006, me and my wife went out, and I bought a white MacBook, uh, it was an Intel Core 2 Duo, and it was right when the Intel Core Duo, I believe, was the first one, and yep. then it was the 2 Duo, because I actually bought the first one, and then like a week later, they introduced the next one, so I returned it and got it back uh, with the newer model. But I bought that, and I used it for about a year, and I loved it. I 
it never crashed. I never had any problems. Uh, you know, I saw the beach ball a couple times, but you know who doesn't? Uh, and I just loved it. Year after that, I I have an iMac, and then you know six months ago I bought a uh, MacBook Pro, and you know fifteen my, or seventeen, fifteen. Yep. Um, I had a seventeen for a while. That was my works computer. Just too uh, big. Just, yeah, it's it's awkward yep. to carry. I I really like them, but they're just not that portable yeah, for me. Yeah, I'm with you. I, That's the, exactly why I went with the 15 inch MacBook Pro rather than the 17. I like yeah. the screen real estate. It's just a little bit too bulky. Yeah, me too. And and I think that I think the 13 for me on the white MacBook was just too small. Yep. And the problem that I had was at the time I was working for this publication here in town, and. I I was using my I was using an iMac for work and I was doing copy editing duties and and it was working but it it just it didn't have a lot of RAM it didn't have a lot of power behind it and so I figured I'd bring in my own computer because that was encouraged at the office at the time so I figured I'd try it and I was using this white MacBook for a while and it just didn't have the the, the processing power the the video card really was what crippled it for me I didn't have the video power to be able to open up a Photoshop document um, in any kind of speed or anything like that so I ended up uh, I ended up buying this 15 and, and a big portion of it was the video card and or the dual video cards rather and then the um, uh, the other the other nice thing was that I got a good deal on it because it was the same type of thing I bought it right when the New unibodies. It mine's a unibody MacBook, but it's the one where you can access the battery drive still. Yep. A lot of people like that. Um, I've got the one that you can't access it, and so uh-huh. far it hasn't been an issue. But I can kind of see that it it might be an issue eventually. Well, you know, I don't. It's it's really the only issue. I, I've got the same thing where I, if I need to take it apart to put RAM in, I still have to take it apart. Yeah. You know, it's not as easy as my MacBook was, which was stupid easy to disassemble, but. You know, with with this, I ha- I replaced the hard drive recently, and it it wasn't it was great. I mean, you you take off the battery cover, and it's right there. Exactly. So, you know, um, that's one of the other things for me about the Mac is it's once again it goes back to the Lego analogy. They're they're real simple to to work on when you need to work on them. And I mean, unless you're replacing something major like a logic board, it's not that big of a deal to take it apart to get the basic stuff done. At least the things that most people would do. So, so you switched over to the Mac, and what really pushed you over was the Intel chip, knowing that, well, I can install Windows on it as well. You can have the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. How realistic was it that you actually started using Windows on that Mac at all? Well, you know, I did what a lot of people do when, when they first go out and they get a Mac, and I, I went out and I bought uh, a copy of, uh, of Office, and so I had Microsoft Office handy like my little security blanket, and then I had... Uh, I bought VMware, and I had a license for XP for my old computer, which at this point had died a, a slow, terrible death. <laughs> and I, I hooked it up, and I took that little 60-gig drive that I had, and I partitioned 10 gigs off thinking, that should be enough. That'll be okay. And I installed Microsoft Money, which is what I use for a lot of my um, you know, my personal business sure, stuff. finances. Right, right. And because, you know, Quicken doesn't really have a, a decent option for um, – for the Mac yet. And if they, whenever they do, it's always three years past. So, you know, I figured, okay, well, I'll just do this and this is what I'll do. I I used windows once a week at that point, just to do my bills. And, and I realized that that was really all I was using it for. And when it eventually I filled up that 60 gig drive real quick. (laughs) Yeah. With photography. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I wasn't even shooting that high of a resolution at the time and it was still ridiculous. And um, 
I just kind of said, okay, well, I, I don't really know how much I need it. So when I got this MacBook Pro, I've still got my iMac, and my iMac has Windows on it just for Microsoft money. And then, you know, my MacBook Pro, I was like, well, I don't, I don't need it for anything. What, what am I going to install it for? Like Windows Seven? What do I care about that? So, yeah, I hear you. So that was it. You know, no so big you, deal. Nice clean break. More or less, yeah. I mean, like I said, I use it once a week on the iMac, and that's it. So how'd you get involved with Apple Gazette? Um, I found I, I've been looking for blogging sites to write for for a while. I, I wrote a lot on my own website for a long time, and that ended up having uh, some problems. Some kind of somehow WordPress had an attack on it, and it lost some of my favorite posts, uh, some real personal posts, you know, about about my sister's passing and about my wedding, and you know, all sorts of things that happened, and, and it was very frustrating. So I kind of got out of blogging for a while, and then. I was looking into some other options, and I had written for some sites before, but there was never really, I don't know, I, I guess I wouldn't really say there was a lot of organization behind it. So I, I've, and I've applied to a lot of big ones, too, and, and never gotten anything back. You know, I heard once that I was a finalist, but, you know, it was it was like being the, the one of the bad contestants on The Price is Right. Gotcha. I, mean, I just never heard anything back. So I applied to Apple Gazette, and, uh, you know, they... they they like my stuff, and uh, they decided to hire me on. I'm not sure uh, if they knew what they were getting into. <laughs> I was going to say, you you probably post, um, and I, this is a very unscientific on my part, but I would say three to four times as much as the nearest blogger over there. Yeah, well, I'm I'm at three posts a day now, uh, which is, you know, it, uh, I, that's how we've kind of worked it out. And I'm I'm hoping to do either more for Apple Gazette or more for some of the other Splash Press sites in the next couple of months. But... Uh, you know, it just kind of depends on, on how things go. But I've really enjoyed writing for Apple Gazette. It's been it's been nice to to do my Apple research and to be able to kind of geek out and have my little you know my my little nerdy realm there. And and they give me enough leeway to where I can I can throw in some personal stuff and it and it doesn't it doesn't interfere. You know, it's not it doesn't just read like you're just repopping press releases, which is what a lot of... A lot blog- of them, yes. Yeah, yep. and, and I find that frustrating. I think that, that blogging se- blogging is separate from journalism because you can be more first-person. You can be more personal about, personable about it, and you can you know in- inject some of your own sense of humor. I, I don't get to inject as much of it as I probably would if it were a personal site, but, you know, I mean... It's it, there. It's nice. yeah. yeah, I get it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and number one, thank you for not regurgitating press releases because that I, that's been a big contention of mine for a number of years now. Yeah. And uh, like uh, my old site, MyMac.com, it was 100% all original content. And uh-huh. a lot of the PR people kept sending me stuff all the time. Please, can you talk about this? And I'm like, no, I can't because, you know, I'm not going to regurgitate your press release. Everyone else out there is already doing that. It's not interesting and I'm just not interested in doing that. So when I find original content on the online, which is harder to do than you might think, uh, right. I really appreciate it. I do. And I, well, by the way, I bookmark Apple Cassette because of your writing there. I really, really enjoy it. Oh, well, thank you. Um, you know, what I do, see, working with magazines for so long, it, it's almost... For a little while, I was an editor of a of a publication, and I was in I was the executive editor. I was in charge of three different books and a, or four different books and a national section and and all sorts of things like that. And when you're in that position, working with PR people is just an inevitability. They get your number somehow. Uh, they get your email. They just send you stuff, and you just you know their press trips and their 
they're big, you know, fantastic events and it's very glamorous and it's very, you know, fantastic. And it's, and it's real easy to get sucked in. I mean, I was taken on a press trip once by Toyota to go to the SEMA show, which I was planning on going to anyways, but now they were going to give it to me for free and give me steak dinners and I was going to hang out and I was going to get a car to drive for the week. And all I had to do was just write a story about them. But right. technically, technically, you're not obligated to do it. There's no obligation there and there's no reason they can tell you what you're writing. All they can do is really kiss your butt enough to where they hope you're going to write a good story. Yep. So I would keeping to my integrity, I would still write a story that I thought worked. Like I wrote a story about a Toyota Prius. They gave me a car for a week. I drove it to Sedona. I drove it, you know, to Flagstaff. I, I wanted to see how the Toyota Prius worked. I wrote this big, long review. And at the end of it, I said, I wouldn't buy one. I mean, I mean, that's kind of a, kind of a ballsy thing to say when somebody's given you, you know, a $30,000 car to drive for a week. But, but it's also good that you understand that your job wasn't to, um, give any favors for the fact that they let you use it. Right. I mean, I'm not, my job isn't to make Toyota happy. My job's to make sure my audience understands what it is. And you know what? Toyota even thanked me for the review afterwards. And believe it or not, that's that, that review still did positive things for Toyota because of all the other glowing things that I said about it. The ultimate result was me as a gearhead guy. I'm not really into the car. But I can totally see how my mom would be or how my sister would be or, you know, whoever these these people who who are more not gearhead, but more, you know, eco friendly and stuff like that. So with with Apple Gazette, I, I have I've approached PR people. I've approached, uh, you know, major manufacturers and I've also had people send stuff to me. And what I do is I write the reviews based on how I feel about them. And even if I got the product for free, I'll, I'll mention that. But I'm not obligated to do anything you know like for example i've got this case sitting right next to me it is a pelican i1015 mm -hmm. it is a clear I, i'm holding it now it's a clear plastic case designed to protect cell phones pdas blah 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 it's water resistant dust proof and crush proof now it's got a little headphone jack on it and stuff like that i was sent this and I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> I, I said, uh, well, this is neat, but I can't see anybody using this thing. And being that it looks like it's actually watertight, I considered putting an old iPod in there and sinking it in the tub and seeing what happened. Yeah. <laughs> seeing if the thing played. Um, but I haven't written anything about this yet because I just am not really motivated by it. At the same time, the PR people understand that. They've sent it to me. I'm sure at some point on Apple Gazette I'll have a review about it, maybe later this week when things calm down. But, you know, it's just I, I'm not obligated to do it. Gotcha. I, I want to make sure that I get the most fair review out there. Otherwise, look, if you're a guy and you're looking at, at, at uh, iPod cases right now and you're looking at that Pelican i105 and you're saying to yourself, I need one that I can take deep sea, deep sea diving with you, well, this isn't the case for you. You're going to have to find something else. Absolutely. So it's more important to me that, that I get that out there, you know. One of the things that we do on the podcast on uh, OWC Radio here is this or that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask um, five this or that's. Three of them are going – or I'm sorry, four of them is going to be tech-related. One of them won't be. And mm -hmm. we're going to do that to uh, wrap up uh, our chat here. But before we do that – Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say I've been following – well, I haven't been following you. You've only got a couple posts up there. But your blog up on whipsindustries.com. Yes. And uh, I, it's, it looks like your wife's uh, about to give birth. Uh, yeah, she's about a week and a half away. Wow. Con uh, congratulations. This is your first? It, it is my first, yeah. 
So yeah. you've taken a big risk. Um, you're you're working for yourself now. Obviously, uh, I, reading on the blog, it's it's not a a secret that you guys have had some issues with, uh, like everybody else in this economy, with uh, mm-hmm. with jobs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, how scary is it to be working on your own now compared to that nice, safe pillow of a secure job? And you know, well, I think it's a matter of perspective. Uh, my wife has been laid off, uh, for those who haven't read, read the site, my wife has been laid off three times in the past year and a half now. Uh, she's in the kitchen and bath industry, and it's um, it's tough. Uh, Phoenix is a very tough uh, market right now for anything having to do with homes. And it's just... I think that's everywhere, by the way. It's not just Phoenix. That's It, it is. But, you know, Phoenix and California got hit really hard because everybody, there were a bunch of investors who came over and, and decided to buy in and... And, and it got rough. I mean, my parents were buying a house at the time, and it was scary. But Kirsten's had a, had a lot of problems with that. And through it all, we've managed to find a way to make it happen. Now, I was working, like I said, for this local publication in town, and it was just this roller coaster ride. I mean, Kirsten and I get married. A month later, she gets laid off. Three months later, she gets a job, and it's 32 miles one way to get there. And then, you know... I get a, a, a pay cut, and then my pay comes back up. Then I get a promotion. I get the promotion. She gets laid off again. And then six months later, she gets, you know. So it's been a roller coaster. Well, when I when I got that promotion, it was July of 2009, and I did that magazine for a while where I was the executive editor. And it was a positive experience, and I was really, really happy. Uh, for the first time, honestly, in a long time. I mean, I was happy working in a magazine, but... You know, it's tough. I mean, it's it's kind of a grind. And when I was running my own book, it was great. I mean, creative freedom and, you know, I can write about whatever I want. And, and you have like this sense of power almost. But at the same time, it was just positive. Well, the powers that be decided that they were going to absorb the magazine that I was writing for into their into the other publication, the one I was hired for in the first place. And I just felt like I got, I got walked over. I just felt like I was just being passed aside. And I had been considering freelancing full time for a long time. And I said to Kirsten, I said, you know, I don't know. We got a kid on the way. This isn't the smartest thing to do. I'm making the most money I've ever made. (laughs) You know, like all the, all the signs are saying I should stay at my job. And she said to me, she goes, Kevin, look, we're going to make a way to make this happen. And she goes, I have full faith in you that you can do this and that this is going to be your thing. So I said, "All right, cool." And I, in in October, I, I decided to to formally start Whips Industries, and I quit. I, I had my last day on the job on October third, and October fourth, I was sending out invoices, and you know, it, it just uh, it went from there. Now, here's the complication part. You, I always figured I had some kind of crutch. I always figured that you know I had my wife's job. Yep. You know, she had, she had health care. She had everything. We have a crutch, right? Um, a month into my gig, she gets laid off. Mm. Uh, and, of and, course, she's pregnant. Right. She's six months pregnant. She gets laid off. I mean, what kind of horrible person does that to somebody? And here we are. And I say, okay, well, I'm able to make the ends meet, uh, you know, between the blogging and the other kind of work that I do. It's it's enough. Uh, it's not awesome, but it's enough. And I said, you know, let's just kind of keep this going as long as we can. And, and it's also helped Kirsten because now she's thinking about starting her own business and she's looking at, uh, you know, doing stuff with kitchen design and with, um, some other home decorating things. So it's been a, as 
it's very different. It's scary. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm scared out of my mind half the time. I'll wake up on a Sunday in a cold sweat going, I'm the only person responsible for my income right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's me. And if I, I don't have a boss to yell at, if I get, get up late and I don't have good motivation for the day, it's my own fault. There's nothing I can do. So it's scary. But at the, at the same time, it's, it's probably been the most, one of the most positive things that's ever happened to me. And frankly, now, you know, a week and a half from now, I don't have to tell anybody I've got to take some time off so that I can go see my kid be born. And then after that, I'll be taking care of them and work and working here and, and doing whatever. I mean, it's, it, it's quality time with my future son that, that I wouldn't have otherwise. And so that's, that's real positive. Too. It sounds like you have a wife that's very, very supportive as well. And I think that anybody who's ever worked for themselves will understand uh, yeah. how important that is. It really is. And, you know, I knew that pretty early on. Um, I've had some some real head cases. Um, (laughs) But uh, no comment from me. (laughs) I mean, with with Kirsten and and stuff, she's been she's been a rock. I mean, being a car guy, it's very difficult to find a woman who understands that lifestyle. It's not that I need her to understand how to change a carburetor on my 78 Chevy. But you need her to understand why you need to do it. Right. Yeah. Right. Just accept it. And that's so difficult for some people to do. They think that it's a hobby and that you'll grow out of it and, you know, whatever. I just never did. And I, I, you know, I'm 34 next week and and I figure I'm not going to grow out of it. (laughs) It's my job. Um, So, you know, she's she's understood that the whole way. I mean, we bought our house based on the garage. I mean, that's that's the kind of wife I have, and it's and it's awesome. You Sounds know, like I, a keeper to me. She really is. She's she's a good woman. I'm glad I'm with her. Well, uh, early congratulations on uh, the birth. Um, it's going to change things like you can't imagine. Uh, and this is coming from a 40 year old father of four. So, oh wow, um, it, it's I, I envy what you're about to go through because I've been there and I know how much fun it is. How much how scary it can be, how much fun it could be, and how rewarding it is. So, and, yeah, well, and thank you. Just talking to you this this you know half hour here or so, a little more than a half hour, I could already tell uh, you're going to be a great dad. You're going to really like it a lot. Thank you. So let's jump in before we wrap up the show to our uh, this or that. There's uh-huh. no correct answers here. I'm going to ask you, uh, uh, for instance, white or black, and you would say black because that's a favorite, favorite color of your car. Right. So – Four of them are going to be tech-related, and one of them won't be. So the first one is, and you can elaborate on your answer. Okay. The first one is laptop or desktop? Uh, I'm going laptop. Yeah? And, yeah, and I'll tell you why. I I love my iMac. I really do. But the fact is is that I'm mobile, and I, I, I drive a lot. I fly a lot. Well, I don't fly a lot, but when I do, I need to have my stuff with me. So what I have at my house is I have my little M-Rain desktop stand, and I have my MacBook Pro sitting on top of it next to my 23-inch monitor that's linked together with the MacBook, and it's perfect. If I want to work in the living room, I just close it up. I walk in the living room. I work. If I want to work in the desk, I work here. So, Isn't it amazing how fast and powerful these laptops are nowadays? It really is. I mean, I have <laughs> I, I had an old HP laptop that I used all the time, and it was just just such a pile, and, and I had such issues with it. Now I've got 500 gigs worth of storage in that thing. That's incredible to me. I <laughs> Absolutely. Mean, I mean, 10 years ago, well, not 10 years ago, I guess, but you know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, what do you have? You have a gigabyte of storage? That's crazy talk. Who needs that much storage? <laughs> now we're talking about terabytes. I remember when people were saying that about 30 megabyte drives. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, remember when a floppy disk used to hold a lot of info? Oh, yeah. It's not even a song anymore. No, no, not at all. Next one. Twitter or Facebook? Oh, God, that's a toughie. I interviewed the... Uh, I interviewed Jack Dorsey from Twitter the other day, and that was a really positive experience too. Was it? Uh, yeah, he's that guy. That guy's just. It fascinates me when people are willing to start to go out and strike out on their own and start a business because I know how scary it is. But it it fascinates me even more when they're trying to start a business and they know they're not going to make any money. Um, <laughs> that's that's, that's yeah, that's that's something. <laughs> yeah. I've tried really hard to get into the Twitter thing. I think I'm kind of 50-50 on that and Facebook, but I find myself now more and more using Twitter all the time because, you know, I mean, I, I use Facebook for my friends. I use Twitter for everybody. So, What's your uh, Twitter handle? At uh, KWHIPS, K-W-H-I-P is in Peter, another P, S is in Sam. And then I also have at uh, WHIPSIND, uh, W-H-I-P-P-S-I-N-D. Next one? Text mm-hmm. chat, <clears throat> excuse me, text chat or voice chat? Uh, voice chat. It's voice. important to hear somebody's uh, somebody's background. I mean, when sarcasm only goes so far on text, it's, it's, <laughs> it's very difficult. Did you see that story a couple weeks ago uh, about a, a company here in Michigan, where I'm at actually, mm-hmm. registered a trademark for a new, um, what is it? A, a, it's, uh, yeah, the, the sarcasm. Yeah, the uh, little sarcasm thing. Punctuation mark. You think yeah. that's going to take off? No, I don't, but God, I'd love it too. I know. I'm, I'm with you 100%. I don't think it will, but I love the idea. Yeah. I think the problem is they trademarked it. It's like, really? You're gonna... Yeah, well, now, now everybody can't use it. Yeah. <laughs> Sarcasm. Right. <laughs> uh, last of the tech ones, uh-huh. mouse or trackpad? I'm a mouse guy. I've tried trackpads. I really have. Uh, I mean, I, you know, my MacBook has one, obviously, and, and it's nice to use, but I, I just I like the 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 good feeling of a mouse in my hand and a good mouse too. And that's really critical. I'm not, I tried the magic mouse and I didn't like it. Yeah, I'm it with you work for me. Yeah. Um, so. I I'm with you. A trackpad is okay for browsing the internet and stuff like that. But if well, you're doing photography, when you need to get fine detailed work, you, you just can't use a trackpad. Yeah. And it's tough for, I mean, it's great for when I'm on the road, like I said, but frankly, when I'm on the road, I bring a mouse. So the only time I'm using it is if I'm typing up a quick story at a, you know, at, at some terminal somewhere or something like that. Last one, and this isn't tech related at all. Uh huh. NFL or NBA? NBA. I am not a football guy. No. No, I'm a baseball guy, really. Um, so it should have been MLB for you. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm. Here's here's my stance. <laughs> um, I think football is a great sport. I just have never been able to get into it. It always seems too slow for me. And I know that sounds counterintuitive being a baseball fan. <laughs> but, you know, I grew up in Boston. And, you know, Boston sports in the 80s, for me, was all about the Celtics. And it was all about the Red Sox. Not the Patriots, I, huh? No. Well, you know, it was it was Doug Flutie in Boston yeah. College. I mean, there was a there was a street in between two malls that was called Flutie Way. That I remember <laughs> vividly, um, I the the Patriots were a good team, but it, they just weren't my team, and I didn't I didn't really relate to them. And, and football was never something I played, but I played basketball and baseball, so I, I so I related to them. And if and and we went to Boston. Me and the wife went back to Boston um, in September. It was the first time I went back. Geez, in uh, I think about twenty years almost. And we went to Fenway, and I was almost tearing up just being in the park. And, you know, we, we weren't able to, to get into the garden, but I love the Celtics. Um, 
you know, the fact that, that the Red Sox have won a championship recently is, is, uh, made my days that much brighter. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not a Yankees fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. there. The, I don't know if there's a bigger rivalry in sports between, well, there's a lot of them. I mean, Ohio, Michigan, but I don't know the Yankees and the Red Sox. There's something special about that rivalry. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the few things I've really pushed for, uh, with my wife and the birth and everything like that, cause you know, I'm, I'm pretty indifferent as far as, you know, the specifics, uh, it's, it's her body. So whatever she wants, but, on the way uh, out, um, he has to have my uh, a Red Sox shirt on. <laughs> has to. There's no question. And there's a shirt that I'm ordering, a little baby shirt that says, uh, um, I- I'm not old enough to crawl, but I still hate the Yankees. <laughs> and so I'm going to be picking that one up soon. Kevin Whips, you're a writer for Apple Gazette, your photography, doing your own thing at Whips Industries. Where should people go if they want to learn more about you online? Well, they can find me on Twitter, uh, like I said, at KWHIPS, uh, K-W-H-I-P is in Peter, another P, S is in Sam, or at Whips Industries, or Whips Ind, I-N-D. Uh, or you can also go to my website, which is whipsindustries.com, and it's a little rough right now. I'm working out the uh, kinks with my web guy, but uh, pretty soon I'm going to have a lot more of my portfolio up there and, and some more links to my writing and, and the blog, which will also be updated more frequently. I'll put a link to uh, all of those on OWCRadio.com. Uh, just look for um, show number eight, and it will be called Kevin Whips, uh, surprisingly enough. And <laughs> I'll put a link directly to all of those so we can steer some traffic your way. Kevin, thanks a lot for being on the podcast today. Thank and you, I, I wish we were talking on Thursday so we could be discussing whatever it is that Apple just came out with. But I kind of like that we didn't because we really got to know you a lot better, and uh, it was great to meet you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Anytime you need me. And we'll be right back. And with that, we're going to wrap up another edition of OWC Radio. Once again, you can contact us on the Twitter. It's twitter.com slash OWC Radio. Email is always great, podcast at maxsales.com. You can leave a number on our phone, 1-801-938-5559. And, of course, if you're going to be in San Francisco in February and you'd like to see us at the Macworld Expo, Macworld Expo happens February 11th through the 13th. We are at booth 1354. In the meantime, make sure you go up to maxsales.com, www.maxsales.com. We've got a lot of products up there, a lot of products that's going to make your Mac run a lot better. Need new memory? Need a hard drive? We've got the products for you. Fast, reliable, and more importantly, award-winning customer service. www.maxsales.com is the URL for other world computing. I will see you after the main Apple event with a special podcast, OWC number nine. And we're going to talk about what we saw and what we wish we saw and how much money we're going to be spending really, really soon on these new Apple products. Take care. Bye-bye.